0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter two. John chapter two. We are in a brand new series, kicking it off today, called Miracles. Somebody say, Miracles. As you're turning to John chapter 2, I thought I'd read this story to you. An atheist atheist was on a hike in the mountains when a bear snuck up on him and was about to maul him. So he cries out, Oh God! Everything stopped and God replied, Well, well, well. <laughs> Here we are. You deny my existence for all these years. You teach others that I don't exist and even credit creation to some cosmic accident, and now you call out to me? Do you expect me to help you out of this predicament? The atheist replied, you know, you're right. It would be hypocritical for me to suddenly ask you to treat me as a Christian now, but perhaps you could make the bear a Christian. Okay, the Lord replied. Immediately, the bear dropped to his knees. He brought his paws together, and he bowed his head and said, Lord, bless this food I'm about to receive from thy bounty through Christ Jesus our Lord. And all of God's people said, Amen. <laughs> It's amazing how people don't believe in God until they need to believe in God. Uh, this is a, a series called Miracles. Some might say miracles. What comes to your mind when you say that word miracles? I believe this series over the next four weeks, it's going to stretch our faith as a spiritual family. I believe that God has put an element of faith inside of every human heart. And and through the teaching over the next several weeks, God's going to take that faith and stretch it. How many of you, you need to grow in your faith? I believe that God's going to help us to enlarge our capacity to experience him and to express him. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't make God small. Sometimes we tend to make God small in how we think. Sometimes we make him small in how we pray. Sometimes we make him small in how we believe. But I just I'm convinced in my spirit that God has called us as a community of believers. We are a healing place for a hurting world. And we're going to go after God. We're going to have the courage to believe that God is who he says he is and he can do everything he says he can do. Can I have a good amen? One of the anchor verses of our church is Ephesians 3:20. Ephesians 3.20. If you're new to Healing Place, you're going to hear us refer to this verse a lot. It's kind of the anchor, the bedrock, the foundation, the fabric of who we are as a spiritual family. The Bible says, "...now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above…" Come on. Don't you know that you serve a God who can do exceedingly abundantly above? Everything that we ask… How many of you can ask for some big things? How many of you can think even bigger things? God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that's at work in you. I love this verse. We're going to talk about a 320 offering the first Sunday in December. and When you hear 320 offering, that weekend is a big weekend for us across all of our campuses. You'll know that it's attached to this verse that's stretching our faith. When we talk about miracles, I know that sometimes it's met with skepticism. I know in a crowd this size and those that are watching online, maybe those that are watching on TV right now, you have three kinds of people. You have saints. You have sinners. And you have skeptics. And I know people are on all different places as it relates to the supernatural. Some people say, well, the day of miracles is over, Pastor. There are some theologians, did you know that there are some Bible scholars who think that the day of miracles is done? Somebody forgot to tell Jesus that. Come on, help me preach today. There's not just a day of miracles, there's a God. Of miracles and if he's still alive then miracles still happen can you say amen Amen. you know I've done some inventory in my own soul how many of you can look at your own journey and you can see the supernatural hand of God on it I mean the fact that you are here today is nothing short of a miracle some of you you should either be dead or in jail come on somebody but for the grace of God That in and of itself is enough. Lord, if you never did another thing for me but send Jesus to die on the cross. Man, I look at my wife, (laughs) miracle. (laughs) How beautiful she is and then I look at me and I say, man, there's only one explanation for that, that's God. Come on, if you're saved and single and searching, come on, talk to me, talk to me. You wanna find the right person, you gotta look in the right place. I look at my children. Oh my goodness, I know that is the supernatural hand of God. The fact that I am connected to this church and that you would have the courage to call me your pastor, (laughs) it's a miracle. How many of you, you would say, I'm the biggest miracle I know? You don't have to look far. You don't even have to read the Scriptures to be convinced that there is a God who does things for us that we could never do for ourselves. You see, it's impossible to separate Jesus from the miraculous. I mean, if you believe in Jesus, you cannot surgically extract the supernatural. They are synonymous. Look at how he was born. His birth, born of a virgin. That's the Holy Ghost right there. Man, look at his ministry. Man, look at the miracles that marked his ministry. Blinded eyes being opened, the dead being raised. I mean, crazy, lame and crippled people walking. His ministry was marked by the supernatural. Even how he died and was raised from the dead. Everything from beginning to end. The life of the believer has to be marked by the supernatural if Jesus resides inside of us. And so I thought, perhaps no better way to kick off this, this topic on miracles than to look at the very first miracle Jesus ever performed in the Gospel of John, chapter 2. This was his first miracle. It happened in a small village called Cana at a wedding. Now, some context here. Jesus was just baptized by John, and he's called a few disciples. So he's just on the beginning of his earthly ministry. And we pick up the story in John chapter 2, verse 1. The Bible says this. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Galilee was the northern region. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. You know, there are a few scenarios that create more pressure and more expectation than a wedding. And all of the married couples said, (laughs) As a pastor, I've come to know this firsthand. Because people, I mean, this couple, especially the bride, she is living out her fairy tale dream. And that day is huge. I mean, since she was a little girl, she's always envisioned what this day would look like. And when she comes walking down the aisle, I and mean, then all of the attendants are looking at her, and then they're checking to make sure if the groom is about to cry. Come on, fellas. It's good to cry a few tears when you see her walking down the aisle. And then as a pastor, I'm thinking, oh Lord, help me not to mess this up. Because I've I've messed up a wedding or two. I thought about this this morning. I know Pastor Johnny's not here to defend himself, but I did a tag team wedding with Johnny Baby Blue Eyes Green, and he got the name of the bride wrong. And you should have seen the look on her face when he said the wrong name. I was like, Johnny, no, it's this. It's funny. Anyway, as a pastor, you you don't want to be cemented in a video that forever, (laughs) Come on. It's out there. I've done all kinds of weddings. I've done beach weddings. I, I've done backyard weddings. I've done destination weddings. I've done weddings on national TV. Come on, somebody. Last year, in fact, this day last year, I did my own daughter's wedding. She's been married for one year today. <laughs> Happy anniversary, Michaela and Reese. I'm glad I didn't mess that one up. <laughs> You know, when you plan and prepare a wedding, you've got to put together a guest list, and sometimes you agonize over who to invite, who to include. Do we invite him? Man, do we invite her? Well, that family is a little more extended. I'm not sure we… How many got crazy in your family? If you didn't raise your hand because you're trying to determine who's crazy in your family, it's you. All right. Who do we invite to the... Oh, this person gives good gifts. Let's make sure we, we get them to the, to the wedding. Man, the, the reception is $25 a plate. I don't know if I can afford him. He eats way too much. <laughs> Come on, am I talking where we live now? Here's what's cool, y'all. Jesus made the invite list. Isn't that cool? That this couple, we don't know who they are, but, but when they thought about who to include in their special day, they said, hmm, Let's invite Jesus. Yeah, I like that guy. Let's invite some of his friends. That tells me that Jesus is not a party pooper. He's not, you know, you can be like Jesus and not be weird. Come on, talk to me. Let's invite Jesus and his friends. He made the list. The Bible says in verse three, the wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus's mother told him they have no more wine. If you're taking notes, I want you to see this. As we talk about miracles and the very first miracle that Jesus ever performed, I think it's important to understand this. Every miracle starts with a problem. If you do a careful study in all of scriptures and you want to know the common denominator of every miracle, it's problems. Is anybody feeling better about themselves now? How many of you have a problem? How many of you are sitting next to a pro? No, don't, don't, no. <laughs> don't point at anybody in here. How many of you have big problems? If you've got a lot of problems, if you have a big problem, then you're a candidate for a big miracle, a big move of God. Now, here's the thing. If you don't have any problems, you don't need a miracle. If your life is perfect, miracles don't apply to you. But how many know I'm not talking to anybody in here like that? We've all got issues. Some of us have so many problems, we have more problems than a math book. Man, our our issues have issues, and sometimes we can be so discouraged, but the good news is this. If you have a problem, you're a candidate for a miracle. Oh, I love this. Uh, Now, you know where we're going. This is probably one of the most popular miracles that Jesus performs is this, this first one. I mean, his identity is kind of concealed. John the Baptist has been proclaiming, you know, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. But at this point, his identity was mostly hidden. Think about it. This couple invites Jesus to the wedding not knowing what he could do supernaturally. And in, in other words, they wanted to be with Him for who He was, not for what He did. Some people chase Jesus for what He can do, and they're not interested in who He is. Uh, I, I love this. I thought about this as I was preparing this week, of all the miracles that Jesus could have launched His ministry with. Why this one? You know, it seems so simple. I mean, they ran out of wine. They, they, they lacked beverage at a reception. And Jesus, you're going to start your, your supernatural mission by this? Surely there's something bigger Jesus can do. I mean, let's open blinded eyes to get started. I mean, let's, let's heal the lame. Or I man, If you raise somebody from the dead, how many know that's going to create major headlines? God, can't we do something bigger, make a big splash? We want the world to know who you are. Why this miracle? Can I tell you this? God cares about the big things, and he also cares about the little things in your life. In fact, let me ask you this. When you think of God, is there anything big to God? When you think of the size, the strength, and the sovereignty of God Almighty, is there anything big to him? No. (laughs) It's all small stuff to God, but if it's big to you, it's important to him. Every miracle starts with a problem. A Jewish culture, this whole event would have centered around the reception. And the Bible says that this couple runs out of wine. There's an ancient saying, without wine, there is no joy. And in South Louisiana, we understand this. (laughs) Jesus' first miracle was not about wine, though. It was about something that was happening inside of this family. If wine represents joy, then Jesus is addressing something in this family that's missing. In fact, we'll see how he's covering their embarrassment and shame. To run out of something at a wedding reception was embarrassing. And Jesus is wanting to cover and to restore some things that have been lost. You know, the truth is this if every miracle starts with a problem, then every problem has the potential to be a miracle. Okay, I want to say that again because you need to internalize this. Sometimes we fixate on our problems, and that's a source of worry, stress, fear, anxiety, pressure, and the devil will beat us up based on the problems around us. If every miracle starts with a problem, then every Problem we have has the potential to be a miracle. And I want to say this churches who engage in meeting the problems and needs of others are churches that will see the supernatural. Churches that are committed to helping people with problems. And how many of you know we got a lot of problems in the world today? Man, there are a lot of problems that plague our community. There are a lot of challenges, and as a church, we don't shy away from the problem. We engage the problem. and I believe churches that are committing to to, to, to serving others in need will be churches that see the supernatural again and again and again and again. Somebody said, well, I've never seen any miracles in my church. Well, let me ask you this. Is your church serving the poor? Is your church helping its community? Is your church putting itself at risk to help others in need? Because every miracle starts with a problem. Why would the church run away from problems? We don't. We're here to meet needs through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, for 320 this year, and as a church, we're engaged. We're engaged in reaching and serving our community. For 320 this year, one of the things that we're investing in is our Ascension campus. Do you know that Ascension Parish is the second fastest growing parish in the state? People are moving to AP. They've got great schools. Schools are going up. Neighborhoods are being built. Ascension Parish has grown 23% since 2020. I mean, the the, the attendance, the population is increasing. You know what's sad? Churches are closing all the time. In fact, since 2019, more churches are closing their doors than are opening their doors. So if the attendance is increasing, but churches are decreasing, how many of you know there's a problem? But with every problem is an opportunity for a miracle. So, back in 2020, during the pandemic, in August of 2020, we bought a piece of property. I want you to see this. I'm gonna show you some video and show you some pictures. We bought almost nine acres off of Airline Highway in Gonzales, right in the heart of Ascension Parish. We spent $2.4 million cash. We wanted to pay cash for it, not go in debt, but we bought this piece of property with the vision of being a healing place for a hurting world in the heart of ascension. That wasn't a great time. There was a lot of uncertainty in the middle of the pandemic. Everybody was saying, hold on to your cash, and God told us to take a step of faith. Why? Because churches are closing their doors, but a parish is growing 25%. And Right here from this space, we'll be able to reach Gonzales, Prairieville, Galvez, Sorrento, Dutch Town, St. Gabriel. It's centrally located, and I believe God's giving us a foothold into a parish to reach multitudes of people. We're now meeting in Prairieville Primary School. We've got a piece of property. We haven't built anything yet, but God told us, hey, don't stop the mission of reaching out. So right now, there are hundreds of people that are gathered at Prairieville Primary School, and you know what they're doing? They're worshiping God. Man, You know what their kids are doing? Their kids are receiving biblical teaching and training. This is a community of believers that's doing outreach, that's serving their community, all in set-up and tear-down mode. In a a mobile local site, we're reaching our community. And you know what? Now, as we embark on 320, God's saying, it's time to break ground. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to take a step of faith. How many of you know that God moves when our faith is exercised? We're working toward a $13 million budget. This project's going to cost $13 million. How many know that's a little bit more money than what I got? It's bigger than me. It's bigger than you, but it's not bigger than God. So we've engaged an architect. We have architectural drawings of what the layout of this facility can look like. A little over 30,000 square feet of space. There will be 224 parking spaces in the footprint of that property. The sanctuary will seat 550 people, and we've done our very best to maximize kids and classroom space. I believe from this space God will give us an opportunity to address needs in ascension. Why? Because people matter to God, and if they matter to God, they should matter to us. Here's what that facility can look like uh, from, from the street. Here's a rendering of what that building is going to look like. How many thinks it looks pretty familiar? You know we, we've got a campus in Denham Springs that looks pretty familiar. I believe God is, is helping us to brand being a healing place for a hurting world all throughout this region. In 2023, this has been a difficult year for a lot of people financially. We've had to scale back in our budgets. We've scaled back in our events. We've scaled back in our spending. We've also scaled back even in our staffing. But one thing we're not going to scale back in is serving the poor. We're going to reach our community. So when we say to, When we say 320 this year, when we talk about that 320 offering, it's not just Ascension Campus, but it's serving the poor in our community. Do you know that in 70805, right here in Baton Rouge, the dropout rate of kids in school is almost 30 percent? 30 percent of kids drop out of school. Only 10 percent graduate. Check this statistic out. There are 4,423 single-parent households in 70805. Only 861 households have both parents. 55% of families live in poverty. 95, 99% of families in our own community, 70805, 5 are, are food insecure. In other words, they struggle to put food on the table to serve their kids. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to go into these communities and we're going to give hams for fams. Why, why do we gather together next Saturday to box up meals and to take a ham and distribute? I want to show you some pictures of hams for fams. This, this is what you and I get to be a part of in reaching our community. When we say 320, it's not just building a building in Ascension Parish, but it's taking our resource and serving those in need right here in our own backyard. You know when we the things we do at our Baton Rouge Dream Center. You've heard us talk about this Christmas Clubhouse serving at-risk kids, going into communities and providing a space, a safe space for them where they can be instructed, where they can receive teaching, where they can build relationships. We're going to care for widows. We're going to care for single moms. We're going to do parties for foster care kids. God has told us as a church, if you're going to be a healing place for a hurting world. It starts right here in your own community. Can somebody say amen? Every miracle starts with a problem. Notice what the Bible says in verse 4. Uh, Jesus' mother was very concerned and said, Lord, they've run out of wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. <laughs> the gracious words of our loving Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, my time has not yet come. Look at what it says in verse 5. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. I think that's the best advice in all of Scripture. Do whatever Jesus tells you. In your marriage, do whatever he tells you to do. In your friendships, do whatever he tells you to do. In your finances, do whatever he tells you to do. With your children, whatever he says, Do that. You say, well, Mike, I'm not sure what he's telling me to do. You'll never know what he's telling you to do if you don't get in this book. Because the word of God is the will of God. Say, Mike, I've never heard his voice. Read his book. You know why? Because he speaks just like he writes. This is our instruction manual. Jesus' mother says, do whatever he tells you to do. Verse 6, standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. Now this is where the miracle gets fragile. Number one, every miracle starts with a problem. But number two, God wants us to get involved. God wants to use you and me to be a part of the process. The scripture says, when they ran out of wine at the reception, Jesus informed the servants, I want you to fill these water jars. These were jars, the Bible says, that were 20 to 30 gallons apiece. These were big stone jars, and they were used for purification. It was part of the Jewish tradition and the ritual of cleansing. Now, notice the problem was they ran out of wine. Jesus said, fill these jars with water. How many of you know that doesn't make sense? But if you require understanding, if, you, if part of your pursuit of a miracle is complete understanding, you'll never receive a miracle. Because how many know Jesus will do things that you don't understand? He will tell you to do things that don't make sense so you can see things that don't make sense. Jesus wants to involve us in the process of our transformation. Are you catching this? You know what supernatural is? Supernatural is God's super added to our natural. We do something in the natural and we partner with God. There's something cooperative when we say, yes, Lord, I believe and I will obey. There's something that God requires each one of us to contribute. You see, magic is God doing it for you, but a miracle is God doing it with you. Some people would prefer magic over a miracle. No, Lord, just you do it. Uh, Jesus tells the servants, you see these six jars. How inconvenient would that have been? Six stone jars. Uh, They're heavy. In fact, if you were to fill one up with water, it weighs 250 pounds per jar. That's a lot of work. But there's a pattern that we see in Scripture. Anytime we see God do something supernatural, it was always because somebody believed and cooperated. Somebody believed and cooperated. We have to cooperate with what God's telling us to do. Remember when God spoke to Moses and Moses was like, I, 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 can't, I can't speak. I, 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 I can't go to, to Pharaoh. I'm, I'm slow of tongue and slow of speech. You know what that means in the Hebrew? It means he was from Mississippi. Uh, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> Don't you dare. <sighs> see, some of y'all just woke up. Some of y'all just. <sighs> Maybe you see that? I ra- yeah, welcome back. Welcome back. You were fading for a minute. Moses says, I can't speak. I, I, I'm slow of speech, slow of tongue. God said, Moses, what's in your hand? Well, it's just a stick. No, 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 no. With the touch of God, it is the rod of God Almighty. You stretch forth your Hand. Come on. I'm telling you, God's put something in your hand. You don't value it because you're overwhelmed with what you can't do. God says, start with what you can do and cooperate with me. In 2 Kings chapter 4, the, the widow woman was about to lose her son. She was in so much debt. The prophet Elisha came to her and he says, well, what's in your house? Notice God asked Moses, what's in your hand? And now Elisha's saying, what's in your house? And she says, well, I just got a little bit of oil. Great. Let's start with what you have. Now borrow as many empty vessels and start pouring that oil. And as long as there was an empty vessel, the oil began to flow. What's in your hand? What's in your house? You see, listen, if we do our part, God will always do his part. You see when it comes to 320 every one of us have a water jar. Every one of us have a pot to fill. Now if we fill it with what we have, God will turn it into what we need. Are you catching that? You say man Mike you you, you threw out a term and we man we we need we need 13 million dollars for that Ascension campus. Listen, because of your faithfulness in giving, we've set aside 8 million. You know what? We got 8 million. Do the math. What's needed to build out Ascension? Five. Five million. They're like, man, that's huge. You know what? It's bigger than us, but it's not bigger than God. What's in your hand? What's in your house? If you, if you fill that jar with what you have, God says, I will turn it into everything that you need. Oh, that's so good. God requires us to participate in our own transformation. And Look at what it says here, verse 9, when the master of ceremonies tasted the water now that it was wine, not knowing where it had come from. Though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. He said, a host always serves the best wine first. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive stuff. But you have kept the best to last. Notice what happens here. If you're a servant, Jesus said, fill the pot with water. Now dip it out and take it over to the master of ceremonies. If I'm a servant, I'm thinking, there's water in this cup. 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 Here, take a little sip of that, and he goes to taste it, and it becomes wine. You see, as they obeyed, as they did their part, God did his. And The master of ceremonies says, whoa, wait a second. This is the best stuff. ever tasted in my life jesus didn't even speak a word isn't that interesting jesus never prayed over the water jar he never spoke anything water the wine he just willed it to happen have you ever made lemonade and you had to taste it 17 times just to find out is it just does it doesn't need listen didn't even need a taste test come on somebody how many knows when god does something man when transformation It's complete. It lacks nothing. Somebody say, Jesus changes everything. He changes your heart. He changes your life. He changes your mindset. He changes your marriage. He changes your children. He changes your future. He changes your destiny. Jesus changes everything. That is a miracle. See, this isn't just about water becoming wine. This is about the old religious tradition of ritual. There's something bigger that's happening here. Notice there were six water jars. Six is the number of man. Seven is the number of perfection. How many of you know man will always fall short? Religious ceremony will never accomplish what Jesus can do. You see, that was water that became wine. Jesus said old things can be made new. You know the last thing verse 11 I want to ask the band to come up this this miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and the disciples believed in him. The last thought I want you to see is this miracles point us to Jesus. If you need a miracle it's not just about meeting a need But the reason why Jesus performs supernatural things in the scriptures and the supernatural things he does in our lives today is so that he can get all the glory. This is about Jesus being honored and glorified. Every miracle should point to Jesus. Every need that's met, every problem that's solved, every supernatural expression of the Lord in our lives, it's to point other people to Jesus. It's for his honor. It's for his glory. You know, this week, I, I went uh, on a little retreat, a little getaway, overnight deal with about a dozen guys. Went to a camp up in Mississippi, and man, we ate. We, we talked. We chilled. The, at, the, at the end of the night, we gathered around a campfire. And each one, there were about a dozen of us, each man around that campfire began to talk about how he first met Jesus. They said, Hey, share your testimony of what God has done in your life. And can I tell you this? We sat around that fire for a long time and listening to every man talk about his journey and where he was and how God intervened in his life and what he saved him from and the miraculous works. There wasn't a dry eye around that fire. Grown men being transparent, vulnerable. One guy said, I've been spoken for 50 years. I hate it. I, I, I haven't been able to quit. I finally had an encounter with God, and 10 days now, I haven't touched a cigarette. Come on in. Hey, only God can do that. One man talked about falling out of a deer stand that was 30 feet in the air, 30 feet high, fell out of a deer stand and broke so many bones in his body. He was laid at the foot of that tree for almost five and a half hours before anybody even found him. His son found him, and looking for him with a flashlight, comes up on his dad who's just broke down. I mean, punctured lungs, broke every rib, arms, legs. I mean, he was just a mess. They had to air vac him to a, a hospital in Jackson, Mississippi. He prayed, Lord, I don't want to have surgery. God, help him not to cut on me. He spent 30 days in ICU. Not a single surgery was performed, and God brought healing to his body from head to toe. Can I tell you, only God can do that. If you need a miracle, we serve a Jesus who can do for us exceedingly abundantly above. Amen, you receive that. Come on, put your hands together You believe that. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.